Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. This episode is sponsored by Goalie Gummies, a perfect addition to your wellness routine. Are you looking for a delicious way to support your overall health? Goalie ACV gummies are made with vitamin B9 and B12 to help support healthy nutrient metabolism and immune function. I have partnered with Goalie to give all of my listeners 20% off and free shipping. Use my coupon code at checkout, the gratitude chick, all one word, to take advantage of this offer. Their website is www.goli.com. That is www.goli.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at The Gratitude Chick for Facebook and Instagram, at Babes Who Manifest Podcast for Facebook and Instagram, at Babes Who Manifest for TikTok, and Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of your reading corner with the Gratitude Chick. So as you guys remember, we are reading The Science of Getting Rich, and we are on chapter number 10. Um, As a reminder, I do read with my own commentary, just so that you guys are aware. And if you are just now listening in at chapter 10, I urge you to go back to chapter 1 and catch up. So we're going to start at chapter 10 and chapter 10 is entitled Further Use of the Will. You cannot retain a true and clear vision of wealth if you are constantly turning your attention to opposing pictures, whether they be external or imaginary. Do not tell of your past troubles of a financial nature if you have had them. Do not think of them at all. Do not tell of the poverty of your parents or the hardships of your life, of your early life. To do any of these things is to mentally class yourself with the poor for the time being, and it will certainly check the movement of things in your direction. And this, him saying this is one of the reasons why I don't listen to news, because I don't want to hear all of that negativity. So he's basically saying, stop talking about about you know things that are not what you want in life and that is why um you always hear people saying concentrate on you on what you want not on what you don't want because your dominant thoughts are what you're really going to manifest and if your dominant thoughts are constantly on what you don't want then that is what you're bringing into your reality and in this case um I know that you guys know that a lot of times we sit in, we tell our stories and um, it takes us back there in our minds. And, you know, when we go back in our minds and relive things, it becomes real life for us. So that is one of the reasons why um, he says, you know, don't go back, look forward. Even the Bible says, you know, he's letting go of things. What, What did it say? Um, putting away things from when he was a child and pressing forward. 
that's a huge paraphrase but it's literally the same sentiment let go of the past don't wallow there you don't need to tell that story because one thing I've learned in life is that everybody has a story they don't need you to compile their badness with your badness so that's why I I, um, and that is something that I agree with Put poverty and all things that pertain to poverty completely behind you. You have accepted a certain theory of the universe as being correct and are resting all your hopes of happiness on its being correct. And what can you gain by giving heed to conflicting theories? Do not read religious books which tell you that the world is soon coming to an end. And do not read the writing of muckrakers and pessimistic philosophers who tell you that it is going to the devil. (laughs) I I don't even think I need to say anything. You guys know that I am a Christian and I'm always going to read my Bible, so I'm not going to comment on that. That's literally his opinion. The world is not going to the devil. It is going to God. It is wonderful becoming. True, there may be a good many things in existing conditions which are disagreeable, But what is the use of studying them when they are certainly passing away and when the study of them only tends to check their passing and keep them with us? Why give time and attention to things which are being removed by evolutionary growth when you can hasten their removal only by promoting the evolutionary growth as far as your part of it goes? You should interest yourself in the world's becoming rich. Think of the riches the world is coming into instead of the poverty it is growing out of. And bear in mind that the only way in which you can assist the world in growing rich is by growing rich yourself through the creative method, not the competitive one. Give your attention wholly to riches. Ignore poverty. Whenever you think or speak of those who are poor, think and speak of them as those who are becoming rich as those who are to be congratulated rather than pitied. Then they and others will catch the inspiration and begin to search for the way out. Because I say that you are to give your whole time and mind and thought to riches, it does not follow that you are to be sordid or mean. To become really rich is the noblest aim you can have in life, for it includes everything else. On the competitive plane, the struggle... To get rich is a godless scramble for power over other men. But when we become into, I'm sorry, but when we come into the creative mind, all this is changed. All that is possible in the way of greatness and soul unfoldment of service and lofty endeavor comes by way of getting rich. All is made possible by the use of things. If you lack for physical health, you will find that the attainment of it is conditional on your getting rich. Okay. Only those who are emancipated from financial worry and who have the means to live a carefree existence and follow hygienic practices can have and retain health. Now, of course, again, this book was written over a hundred years ago, so this does not that does not pertain to today. You do not have to be rich to get healthy. So I just wanted to put that out there that, you know, to keep in mind, this book was written over 100 years ago. It was written in the 1800s. So don't think for a second that that is true in today's world. 
Moral and spiritual greatness is possible only to those who are above the competitive battle for existence. And only those who are becoming rich on the plane of creative thought are free from the degrading influences of competition. If your heart is set on domestic happiness, remember that love flourishes best where there is refinement, a high level of thought and freedom from corrupting influences. And these are to be found only where riches are attained by the creative, by the exercise of creative thought without strife or rivalry. You can aim at nothing so great or noble, I repeat, as to become rich. And you must fix your attention upon your mental picture of riches to the exclusion of all that may tend to dim or obscure the vision. You must learn to see the underlying truth in all things. You must see beneath all seemingly wrong conditions the great one life ever moving forward toward fuller expression and more complete happiness. It is the truth that there is no such thing as poverty, that there is only wealth. Some people remain in poverty because they are ignorant of the fact that there is wealth for them, and there can best be taught and these can best be taught by showing them the way to affluence in your own person and practice. Others are poor because while they feel that there is a way out, they are too intellectually indolent to put forth the mental effort necessary to find that way and by travel it. And for these, the very best thing you can do is to arouse their desire by showing them the happiness that comes from being rightly rich. Others still are poor because while they have some notion of science, they have become so swamped and lost in the maze of metaphysical and occult theories that they do not know which road to take. They try a mixture of many systems and fail in all. For these, again, the very best thing to do is to show the right way and your own person and practice. An ounce of doing things is worth a pound of theorizing. The very best thing you can do for the whole world is to make the most of yourself. You can serve God and man in no more effective way than by getting rich. That is, if you get rich by the creative method and not the competitive one. Another thing, we assert that this book gives in detail the principles of the science of getting rich. And if that is true, you do not need to read any other book upon the subject. This may sound narrow and egotistical, but consider there is no more scientific method of computation in mathematics than by addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. No other method is possible. There can be but one shortest distance between two points. There is only one way to think scientifically, and that is to think in the way that leads by the most direct and simple route to the goal. No man has yet formulated a briefer or less complex system than the one set forth herein. It is being stripped of all non-essentials. When you commence on this, lay all others aside. Put them out of your mind altogether. Read this book every day. Keep it with you. Commit it to memory and do not think about other systems and theories. If you do, you will begin to have doubts and to be uncertain and wavering in your thought, and then you will begin to make failures. After you have made good and become rich, you may study other systems as much as you please, 
But until you are quite sure what you have gained, what you want, do not read any other anything on this line but this book unless it be the authors mentioned in the preface or preface. Preface, preface the English language, okay? And read only the most optimistic comments on the world's news, those in harmony with your picture. Also postpone your investigations into the occult. Do not dabble in theosophy? Theosophy. I've never heard. I've never heard. I've never heard of theosophy. So you know I gotta look that up. Okay, so Theosophy says it is any of a number of philosophies maintaining that a knowledge of God may be achieved through spiritual ecstasy, direct intuition, or special individual relations, especially the movement founded in 1875 as the Theosophical Society by Helena Blavatsky and Henry Steele Olcott. So this is something that came about in the 1800s. Okay, here's another definition. Teaching about God in the world based on mystical insight. Often capitalized, the teachings of a modern movement originating in the U.S. in 1875 and following chiefly Buddhist and Brahmanic theories, especially of pantheistic evolution and reincarnation. So that's what he is referring to because I had never heard of it. So it says, do not dabble in theosophy, spiritualism, or kindred studies. It is very likely that the dead still live and are near, but if they are, let them alone. Mind your own business. Wherever the spirits of the dead may be, they have their own work to do and their own problems to solve, and we have no right to interfere with them. We cannot help them, and it is very doubtful whether they can help us or whether we have any right to trespass on their time if they can. I don't particularly believe that spirits hang around the earth. Um, the Bible tells us that the, when when you die, the spirit goes back to God who gave it. So I don't particularly believe that, you know, my mom has been hovering around the earth for years. Like, it doesn't even make sense. Why would you choose to be here when there's a vast universe? You know, when you can be, when your spirit can be up with God. Like, why would you choose to be here? It doesn't, it, I wouldn't. So, I personally don't um, think, I believe what the Bible says, that once you die, your spirit goes back to God who gave it. Um, <clears throat> let the dead and the hereafter alone and solve your own problems. Get rich. If you begin to mix with the occult, you will start mental cross-currents, which will surely bring your hopes to shipwreck. Now, this and the preceding chapters have brought us to the following statement of basic facts. There is a thinking stuff from which all things are made and which, in its original state, permeates, penetrates, and fills the interspaces of the universe. A thought in this substance produces the thing it is imaged by the thought. Man can, from things in his thought and by impressing his thought upon formless substance, can cause the thing he thinks about to be created. In order to do this, man must process, mm -mm, man must pass from the competitive to the creative mind. He must form a clear mental picture of the things he wants and holds this picture in his thoughts with a fixed purpose to get what he wants and the unwavering faith that he does get what he wants. 
closing his mind against all that may tend to shake his purpose, dim his vision, or quench his faith. And in addition to all this, we shall now see that he must live and act in a certain way. So up to this point, and that's in the chapter 10, but up to this point, what we have learned in, in the event that is not clear to you guys, what we have learned is that we must visualize. We must hold what it is that we want in our mind, make it our most dominant thoughts, see it, feel it breathe it, live it in our mind. That is what I have gotten from the first uh, 10 chapters. That is part of being rich, holding what you want in your mind. And as Neville Goddard says, live in the feeling of the wish fulfilled. That is what he is really describing. And we must believe that that which we are imagining in our mind that we have brought up the mental picture for is true for us and will come into our reality. That is what I am getting from the first 10 chapters. So even though we're on, so since we're only 15 minutes in, I'm going to keep going to chapter 11. Chapter 11, acting in a certain way. Thought is the creative power or the impelling force which causes the creative power to act. Thinking in a certain way will bring the riches to you but you must not rely upon thought alone, paying no attention to personal action. That is the rock upon which many otherwise scientific metaphysical thinkers meet shipwreck, the failure to connect thought with personal action. We have not yet reached the stage of development, even supposing such a stage to be possible in in which man can create directly from formless substance without nature's processes or the work of human hands. Man must not only think, but his personal action must supplement his thought. By thought, you can cause the gold in the hearts of the mountains to be impelled toward you, but it will not mine itself. So you guys are getting this. By thought, you can compel the gold in the mountains, right? This is what he's saying, to come up right? But it won't just come up and fly to you. You have to go and get it or go and mine it. That's what he's saying. Refine. It will not mine itself, refine itself, coin itself into double eagles and come rolling along the road, seeking its way into your pocket. Under the impelling power of the Supreme Spirit, men's affairs will be so ordered that some will be led to mine the gold for you. Other men's business transaction will be so directed that the gold will be brought toward you and you must so arrange your own business affairs that you may be able to receive it when it comes to you. Your thought makes all things animate and inanimate work to bring you what you want, but your personal activity must be such that you can rightly receive what you want when it reaches you. You are not to take it as charity, nor to steal it. You must give every man more in use value than he gives you in cash value. The scientific use of thought consists in forming a clear and distinct mental image of what you want, in holding fast to the purpose to get what you want, and in realizing with grateful faith that you do get what you want. 
So holding the picture and being grateful for having it, he's saying go hand in hand. Do not try to project your thoughts in any mysterious or occult way with the idea of having it go out and do things for you. That is wasted effort and will weaken your power to think with sanity. The action of thought in getting rich is fully explained in the preceding chapters. Your faith and purpose positively impress your vision upon formless substance, which has the same desire for more life that you have. And this vision received from you sets all the creative forces at work in and through their regular channels of faction, of action, but directly but directed toward you. It is not your part to guide or supervise the creative process. All you have to do with that is to retain your vision, stick to your purpose, and maintain your faith and gratitude. But you must act in a certain way so that you can appropriate what is yours when it comes to you so that you can meet the things you have in your picture and put them in their proper place as they arrive. You can really see the truth of this when things reach you. They will be in the hands of of other men who will ask an equivalent for them. And you can only get what is yours by giving the other man what is his. Your pocketbook is not going to be transformed into a Fortunata's purse, which shall be always full of money without effort on your part. Okay, so a Fortunata is bringing something good and unforeseen, auspicious, having unexpected good fortune, lucky. Okay, I had to to look that up. (laughs) This is the crucial point in the financial success and the science of getting rich. Right here, where thought and personal action must be combined. There are very many people who who consciously or unconsciously set the creative forces in action by the strength and persistence of their desires, but who remain poor because they do not provide for the reception of the thing they want when it comes. By thought, the thing you want is brought to you. By action, you receive it. So I'm going to repeat that again so that you guys can hear it because there are a lot of um, gurus and I'm using air quotes on the gurus um, who believe that in manifesting you just think and it is and that is incorrect. There is an inspired action that has to go with that. For instance, if you want um, a million followers on TikTok, you can't just open a TikTok account and look at it, you have to post, right? And your action is posting. And and, and by you believing that you'll get this this million followers, as you post, your follower account is going to go up. But you can't just manifest a million followers just by opening a TikTok account and doing nothing. Um, Or let's see, um, wanting a job. If you are trying to manifest a job, you're not going to get a job by just simply thinking in your mind you want a job. Your action is going, you know, getting your phone or your laptop, going to look for jobs, applying for positions, you know? That is your action. It's not telling you to, the action is not digging a well, but there has to be action. There has to be forward movement. 
if you stay stagnant, how will you receive? This is telling us by thought, the thing you want is brought to you. By action, you receive. So that job is here waiting for you. But in order to receive it, you have to have some action for it. Which means what? Apply for the job. Similarly with the promotion. The promotion is here for you. Whatever action that you have to do to get this promotion, do it. That could be um, getting on a project. That could be asking for the promotion, you know? That could be anything, but you cannot manifest without inspired action. And that and that doesn't mean that you go and take back your ass from God to do it yourself. No, that just means when you ask, think about what you're asking for and the action that go that coincides with what you're asking for, right? Though even the Bible says faith without works is dead. You have to have some kind of action. You have to. Whatever your action is to be, it is evident that you must act now. You cannot act in the past and it is it is essential to the clearness of your mental vision that you dismiss the past from your mind. You cannot act in the future for the future is not here yet. And you cannot tell how you will want to act in any future contingency until that contingency has arrived because you are not in the right business or the right environment Now, do not think that you must postpone action until you get into the right business or environment. And and this is true for me. Um, I have wanted to figure out how to be a writer for a long time. Like, I just felt like I didn't have the creative, I don't know, whatever that some of these writers that I read have. And recently I wrote a children's book on gratitude and right now it's at the, um, at the illustrator. I should actually have it back within the next week or two. And, um, I, you know, just seeing something on TikTok giving me steps to take steps that I didn't even know because I could write a book certainly, but what next? Illustration is next. Well, how the heck do I get somebody to illustrate my book on a budget? Well, somebody pointed me in the direction of Fiverr. And I went, found an illustrator, and boom, my book is being illustrated right now. So my thing is you have to have action. And once you decide something, the universe will conspire to get what you want. You just have to be in tune to listen and things will start popping out at you to say, here's something, here's something, here's something. And now this is the first step on the first book that I am going to put out. So keep, don't neglect inspired action. Okay. Okay, and don't and do not spend time in the present taking thought as to the best course and possible future emergencies. Have faith in your ability to meet any emergency when it arrives. If you act in the present with your mind on the future, your present action will be with a divided mind and will not be effective. Put your whole mind into your present action. Do not give your creative impulse to original substance and then sit down and wait for results. If you do, you will never get them. Act now. 
There is never any time but now, and there will never be any time but now. And I tell you guys that all the time. Even though I've relaxed my stance on the future, I still believe in the power of now. Everything that you want exists now. Ask for what you want for now, not tomorrow. Tomorrow, when if tomorrow comes, it'll be today, right? And, this, and, and that I still wholeheartedly believe. When tomorrow comes, if tomorrow comes, it'll always still be the present. So always ask for now, not for tomorrow. Ask for today. Believe for today. Uh, manifest for today. Always today. Uh, if you are ever to begin to make ready for the reception of what you want, you must begin now. And your action, whatever it is, must most likely be in your present business or employment and must be upon the persons and things in your present environment. You cannot act where you are not. You cannot act where you have been and you cannot act where you are going to be. You can only act where you are. That is deep. That is deep. Do not bother as to whether yesterday's work was well done or ill done. Do today's work well. Because whatever you did yesterday is already in your reality today. So worry about today. Worry about the work that you're going to do today. Always worry about today. You cannot care about yesterday. Yesterday has gone away with. Concern yourself with today. Do not try to do tomorrow's work now. There will be plenty of time to do that when you get to it. Do not try by occult or mystical means to act on people or things that are out of your reach. Do not wait for a change of environment before you act. Get a change of environment by action. You can so act upon the environment in which you are now as to cause yourself to be transferred to a better environment. Hold with faith and purpose the vision of yourself in the better environment, but act upon your present environment with all your heart and with all your strength and with all your mind. Do not spend any time in daydreaming or castle building. Hold to the one vision of what you want and act now. Do not cast about seeking some new thing to do or some strange, unusual, or remarkable action to perform as a first step toward getting rich. It is probable that your actions, at least for some time to come, will be there, will be those you have been performing for for some time past. But you are to begin now to perform these actions in the certain way, which will surely make you rich. If you are engaged in some business and feel that it is not the right one for you, do not wait until you get into the right business before you begin to act. Do not feel discouraged or sit down and lament because you are misplaced. No man was ever so misplaced, but that he could not find the right place. And no man ever became so involved in the wrong business that he could get into the right business. Hold the vision of yourself in the right business with the purpose to get into it and the faith that you will get into it and are acting and are getting into it, but act in your present business. Use your present business as the means of getting a better one and use your present environment as the means of getting into a better one. 
your vision of the right business, if held with faith and purpose, will cause the Supreme to move the right business toward you. And your action, if performed in a certain way, will cause you to move toward the business. If you are an employee or wage earner and feel that you must change places in order to get what you want, do not project your thought into space and rely upon it to get you, get you another job. It will probably fail to do so. Hold the vision of yourself in the job you want while you act with faith and purpose on the job you have, and you will certainly get the job you want. And this is correct. While you are wanting this new position, make sure that you are doing a damn good job in the position that you have. And I will add even a a little bit of a caveat, a better caveat to say, while you're wanting this new position, be grateful for the position that you have. Do your all in this the current position. Be grateful for it. And this new position that you want will come. I can guarantee that because that has happened to me many, 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 many times. Your vision and faith will set the creative force in motion to bring it toward you. And your action will cause the forces in your own environment to move you toward the place you want. In closing this chapter, we will add another statement to our syllabus. There is a thinking stuff from which all things are made and which, in its original state, permeates, penetrates, and fills the interspaces of the universe. A thought in this substance produces the thing that is imaged by the thought. Man can, from things in his thought and by impressing his thought upon formless substance, can cause the thing he thinks about to be created. In order to do this, man must pass from competitive to the creative mind. He must form a clear mental picture of the things he wants and holds this picture in his thoughts with the fixed purpose to get what he wants and the unwavering faith that he does get what he wants, closing his mind to all that may tend to shake his purpose, dim his vision, or quench his faith, that he may receive what he wants when it comes Man must act now upon the people and things in his present environment now. So that is the end of chapter 11. And as we're about 32 minutes in, I will save chapter 12 for for Thursday. So I hope that you guys have gotten some good good stuff out of this, this chapter or this episode. I have, as you can see in in how excitable I was while reading while this this book was written in a different almost a different language really um and over 100 years ago it is still pertinent to today you know you have to hold the vision of what you want in your mind you have to and you have to take right action you have to take inspired action because you can't it is awesome if you can believe in all of these things, but when inspired action comes, take it. Take it. Take it. You can't ask, you know, if I if I'm running a podcast or a YouTube channel and I say I want investors or not investors, advertisers and an advertiser comes and and says, "Hey, I'll pay you such and such for you know advertising on your channel if I don't have the action to receive this 
then it's just going to be there in the universe waiting for me to receive it, right? My action would be to, you know, reply, yes, and then record or, or you know, put it into my recording. But there has to be an action, you know? And in order for me to even get to the point where I have advertisers, I have to do what? Record episodes. I have to have things that people want to listen to. I have to bring people in that want to hear my podcast. So every day I take an action towards my goal with this podcast. Every day. So just, you know, keep these things in mind as you go about your days creating your goals and your desires and what you want. Always be clear and concise and hold that that mental image in your mind of what it is that you want, you know? Thank you guys for tuning in today to listen to the podcast, listen to this episode of The Science of Getting Rich. I appreciate you guys. Don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life. I promise you, your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe and give my podcast five stars. If you have not already, join my Facebook group, Babes Who Manifest.